Welcome to the show, Brain Health, Unchaining Your Pain. I am really excited and really looking forward to having an amazing conversation with Michelle Risa. Michelle, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Ruth. Pleasure to be here. Looking forward to all the fun. <laughs> <laughs> me too, me too. Uh, so for those that don't know Michelle, she's CEO and founder of Collaborative Solutions, working with executive leaders to shift from 1P, which is profit, to 4Ps, which constitutes profit, people, planet and purpose. I absolutely love that because we don't pay enough attention to all of those. Creating sustainable evolutionary change. She's a worldwide executive speaker, has presented at the World Economic Forum, Viacom, Forbes, Barclays and TEDx in Manhattan, including a six-month programme at the New York Stock Exchange. And on top of that, She's also an award-winning co-author of Conscious Entrepreneurs, A Radical New Approach to Purpose, Passion and Profit, and a TV producer since 1998. Wow. <laughs> and for those that don't know, she's just showing that up on the screen if you're watching on YouTube, uh, which, is the, which is the book. So do grab a copy of that. So, Michelle, I'd love to know, what are you passionate about in life right now? I'm passionate about all of us living a magnificent life, however we define it. Truly, right? Yeah. And part of my, and I believe your, vision is, right, to be looking at all parts of our life, you know, our brain, you know, our heart, you know, how all of this affects what quality of life we live. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I'll just say it in one sentence. Too many of us feel this outside, which we can't control, determines the quality of our life or day. And I think what you teach and what I teach or support people to understand is actually no, it's the reverse, right? When I begin to change this, all of this magically changes. And I know that's a hard concept to initially grasp, but I hope through our time together, we'll give everyone enough tips, not just because I think may, many have heard this. Yeah. For me, it's to offer people the how. How do I do that? Yeah. Like do I create that magnificent life? Yeah, do you know, I love that because so often we look at the external factors that influence how happy we feel or or, or what state of emotion we, we are in. And actually, we almost, by doing that, we give our power away and we don't realise that the power sits within ourselves to determine how we show up, to determine how we choose to connect. Uh, and the most important relationship we ever have is the relationship we have with ourselves and we don't spend enough time to really focus on the internal um, work right. in order to achieve uh, that happiness or whatever it is that you want externally. Uh, right. It all comes from within us. So I'm going to underscore that, what you just said, Ruth. So that all, I mean, and again, I'm sure many have heard this before, but again, huh, how does, I, I want people to love me. I want to have a relationship. I want to have success in business. And it's all these outer. You know, how is what you just said, relationship with self, going to create all of that? And I'd like everyone to, let's, I'll give a very simple example. If, let's take health, right? If I have a cold or flu or whatever, right? You know, and someone, you know, walks into the room and says, hi, Michelle. And I'm like, oh, uh, uh, not uh, <laughs> quiet, please, you know, lower, you know, I'm, I'm miserable, right? So notice, person came in, what determined my response or reception to that person who said, hi, Michelle, my inner health, my inner nice. state, my inner state, right? And just imagine when I'm healthy, and let's say you and I right now, someone walks in and goes, hi, Ruth, hi, Michelle, we're both, hi, <laughs> right? So how can we, can we now at least agree there's no reality? 
right? That person walked in, same situation, and I experienced my, my moment, my, that person so differently based on my inner state. So yeah. maybe that, maybe just that it was like, okay. So if I can, I'll just jump. Now let's say I want that relationship, right? I want that acknowledgement in my business success. You know, I want this coming in, right? I'll say we as humans, crave and thrive on love, uh-huh. right? We, we want, we, we need it in our lives. We love when we feel loved. Oh, wow, I'm loved, right? <laughs> we feel it, right? And so I, I'll just now punctuate to everyone while we're still early in the TV show is how do you learn to love yourself? Because yeah. that's what I think we're here to do. So if we agree, I want to feel loved, be loved, feel that wonderful emotion, right? That we all crave. Again, if we're agreeing, it comes from here to out, inside to outside. We just established that with our colder flu that we just had. Yeah. Now, if we can say, now let every moment of my day be an experiment discovering which decisions bring me love, which choices bring me love, whether it be food, whether it be sleep, whether it be the activity, whether it be saying yes to Dr. Ruth Allen or <laughs> having this wonderful in, or saying no, right? What, what are all the choices I have throughout my day that can either increase this feeling, right, or decrease it? Do you know, I, lo- I love that because when we, we talk about the, the three things that are really necessary to to help you optimize your brain health and the first step is to fall in love with your brain and and it's it's a part of us that we don't pay enough attention to but also we don't pay enough attention to all of us in the context of falling in love with ourselves you know we we spend so much of that time externalizing what we think we need rather than understanding that it's the internal aspect that we truly crave and, and, and we're not paying any attention to often for some people is they're putting all of their energy outwards uh, and, not, and, and, and not reflecting any of that energy back onto themselves. And I'll just say, how's that working for you, right? Because right, if we're, we're trying to control something that we struggle to control, it's like me trying to control the weather, me trying to control you, you know, me trying to control. I mean, pick pick anything. Uh, my boss, uh, my spouse, my children. Oh, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I mean, I, I appreciate we again, even if that were what I believe in this moment, whoever's listening to this, that's what I believe. But at the end of the day, it's how's it working? Is it successful? Because I think, again, this journey is about evaluating what's really working and what's not. Yeah. If I if I'm keep getting sick, excuse me, (coughs) had a tickle. It's not a sick. (laughs) If I'm if I keep getting sick, maybe I need to ask myself, this is not working. I need to do something different. Right. If relationships are falling apart, if I'm not being successful. Right. Yeah. is not working and so we have the ability as wonderful you know albert einsteiners right (laughs) (laughs) this is our i say this is our laboratory everybody yeah Yeah. and and albert einstein said the definition of madness is doing the same thing and expecting a different outcome (laughs) exactly Exactly. So, so it's so important. So I, I'd love before we dive into this because I'm really looking forward to this conversation because it's it's not a topic that we really dive deep into very often. What does optimal brain health mean for you personally in the context of your life's journey? Okay. So optimal brain health for me is being conscious and aware of my thoughts. Right. And let me add knowing. I'm not my thoughts. Okay. So I've got a thousand thoughts per blink of the eye. We can debate how many that is. Let's just say a whole bunch. We think a whole bunch of thoughts in, in every second, right? 
And the beauty of being aware of them for me, and because some emerge that are for Michelle and will support her, and quite frankly, there are other thoughts, not so much, they're kind of sabotaging me from old fears, old habits, old way of seeing the world or responding to the world. So again, I've, I'm eating things that are not healthy or I'm not sleeping or I'm doing things that are compromising. I'll stay with the health theme because yeah. I think it's easy to understand. Right. Now, when we don't feel well, we have a very different way of, of interacting with the world. So if we can just keep that theme for the moment, my brain health enables me to go, oh, wow, that thought really doesn't serve me. You yeah. know, right? I'm, I'm, I'm aware of it. And with the beauty of awareness, I have choice. And for me, choice, Ruth, is freedom. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like Viktor Frankl mentioned in his, his book, isn't it? Man's Search for Meaning is that opportunity to choose how you want to show up in a, any given situation is no one can take that choice away from you. Right. To choose how you want to feel or how you want to express yourself. Right. And we, we all have a choice. And I'll just say, try it out. Just, and I'll say, and if someone says, well, it happens really quickly, I'll give another tip. Slow down. Yeah. Right. We, we cannot, if we're quickly you know, right? Reacting to everything. We're not leaving that nanosecond to step back and go, hmm, do I want to make the old choices that I've always made? Maybe not. Maybe so, but maybe not. So it only takes a nanosecond to pause. And before you make that decision, and I doubt that anyone would say, can you give me literally a moment to think about that and just think and then respond. Yeah. I mean, anyone who gets upset with you because you want to be thoughtful, just say, I want to be thoughtful of my <laughs> answer, you know, and really, really provide you with the best answer possible won't won't take that as, as anything negative at all. Yeah. Do you know what I think that is such an important point that you just mentioned there in, in that taking that time and to slow down? And just in terms of how your brain works, is our brain is typically working in an unconscious state for most of the time. And it's really important that we give ourselves that opportunity to slow down because it activates the conscious state of our mind, which is the prefrontal cortex, which is a much slower response because the part that part of our brain, which is in, in our forehead, um, is, is newer and it takes signals longer to get there for us to have that cognitive thinking and awareness and so having that opportunity to pause is absolutely vital in the context of being human <laughs> rather than being reptilian and right. being on auto response and, and because say, we have to have that yeah, yeah. I, and i'd say add a breath your research has found that when we just if you said oh, let me just think about that and just went You know, just took a breath. Some say three, but that's still not a long time. That's not, I'll get back to you in 20 days. <laughs> you know, 20 seconds, if it were, is still a reasonable amount of time to be more thoughtful. Yeah. In, yeah. In and it, especially, you know, for anyone who's dealing with someone who is a conflict seeker or wanting a quick response and they're, get, they're getting, you know, their the levels of agitation are increasing, it's really important that you don't match them and meet them <laughs> where, exactly. the, where you're at, but you, you use that pause to calm yourself down um, and then help the other person calm themselves down. <laughs> so they have the time to think too about how they want to respond because it works both ways, doesn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, I, I can't tell you how many times I refrain and say, would you mind if I get back to you by tomorrow? I mean, and maybe there requires in some instances a shorter time frame. I'll get back to you in an hour. Yeah. Right, Ruth, if it's really important, I don't know that anyone would be insulted that you want to, again, give, more, yeah, give more attention 
to this issue rather than less. So yes, I think. So anyone out there, give it a try. Let us know. <laughs> Pause, breathe. Breathe. Do three breaths if necessary. Or uh, another thing that I think is can be really helpful is taking yourself away from the situation, mm -hmm. if that's humanly possible, mm -hmm. is to say, do you know, I just need it to leave the room uh, or, or, you know, if it's a conflict situation, to, to give yourself that time to pause and to think and then to come back, especially if it's children related. You might say, do you know, I'm going to think on it because your behaviour is not helpful, but I, there's consequences associated with that, but I'm going to think of what those are so that you don't automatically react in a negative way that's not conducive to supporting a loving, kind relationship um, mm -hmm. with the person that you're working with, that, that you're communicating with. Right. And so, so, yeah, so taking yourself out, like I said, come back in an hour. Can I get back to you in an hour or whatever the t time frame is appropriate? I, I agree. And I, I just lost what I was going to say on top of that. Um, yeah, to, to, you're saying how when I slow down, the other slows down. And I just want to, again, underscore Again, we think the outside will determine, but when we approach a conversation with greater calm and greater peace and just hold the intention, you know, there is the expression I'm sure many have heard, be the change you wish to see. Mm -hmm. So if I come to you saying, I, I want you to be authentic with me, we often say, you know, Ruth needs to be authentic. I you know, want her to really be herself. Right? <laughs> I'm focusing on who I want you to be. Again, we're suggesting, I believe, if I shift and say, let me show up authentically. Yeah. You will feel that just as much as I would when you do. So we feel when the other person shows up. So if I want you to be authentic, the most promising aspect or or step that I need to take to ensure that is if I show up authentically. So if yeah. I want you to be honest, I I'm honest. And yeah. I appreciate people say, oh that doesn't always work. And I'm going to say, of course it doesn't always work. First of all, we're not accustomed to right slowing down and just taking that in. Right. But, but if I consistently show up with you right, in an honest, authentic way, you will begin, right, maybe not the first time or the fifth time, but if I'm, con you know, committed, right, you will begin to expect, oh, Michelle's going to show up honestly and authentically, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So again, I'm just going to say in this laboratory that we're all in, give it a try. See? Yeah, I think it's so important. I I'd love to dive into your story now that Mm -hmm. uh, got you to the four P's that mentioned in the introduction, which was, you know, shifting our mindset from maybe one of them, which is typically tends to be profit, mm -hmm. to to all four of them, which is the profit, people, planet, and purpose. Right. How so, how did that journey evolve for you? It it really, um, and I understand, and I think all of us, if we take a step back and understand that, you know, money has driven our societies for a while, right? And, you know, why would I now suggest caring about the planet or people or having a purpose, right? And I would, I'm using that within the corporate world, which is going through a shift. Many of us see a change since COVID, but I'll just say it's, it's expanding beyond a more limited focus. So again, I'm only gonna be happy when I'm rich. And I'm now suggesting even for me, I expand that to be, hmm, might I care about my health? Might I care about my relationships, people? Might I care about the planet? Because goodness, if my house floats away, that might be a challenge. So I'm just offering, though this is a focus on business, this expansion to not only have money be the answer is the common denominator. Mm -hmm. I would say the story really is from my, my, my personal change. Mm -hmm. it, it happened here where 
literally I was lying under my ficus tree. I have a tree in my home. And, you know, I one day, though everything on the outside appeared to be quite successful, um, I basically said, I'm committed to living a magnificent life. And this ain't it. Mm-hmm. This ain't it. What and- was your definition of success before you had that? that pivotal moment what what was it for you before to be honest with you i mean i i had all the accoutrements that that society said i was to have and i it was just still an emptiness there was something not there and i couldn't really put my finger on it but i knew enough to say something's missing and i just want to again underscore that for everyone who's still with us here you know you don't need to have the answer Right? We think we do. Oh, what, what exactly is wrong, Michelle? Right, But it's just if we connect to that feeling and trust it. And again, laboratory, you know, Albert Einstein asked a lot of questions. What? What, what is missing? Right. Yeah. And I'm sure with his incredible formulas, he tried various variables, took an X, took a Z, took an, a Y, <laughs> you know, put all sorts of, right? Oh, I don't know what the answer is. And he tried different formulations. So not knowing, right, really not knowing what was missing. This is the beauty of our lives when we're willing to say to ourselves, something's wrong, help me here. The universe does. Now, again, I appreciate we want it to be, you know, magical. And we want this little guy to show up and go puff. But he doesn't often show up, but he it, he does in a, in a different way where in my situation, and I'm going to be very transparent, within a short period of time, I was diagnosed with cancer. Oh. And that, you know, we all know that we get wake-up calls in our yeah. life, right? And sometimes when we ignore the more taps on the shoulder, sometimes the universe hits us over the head with a two-by-four. Yeah, do you know, I like I, I love you saying that because I, I like to say to people that, is that, you know, your body really shouts loudly because your mind isn't listening. Yeah, yeah. And so it's been that journey of being having a two by four hit me over the head to re-examine what it is to live. I mean, mm-hmm. let, let's just take that. I mean, many people will if they imagined getting such a diagnosis, we think about death. And I'm going to, instead of, yes, it's ooh, is my first reaction. But ultimately, Ruth, what it had me realize is the preciousness of life. Yeah. Right? And I think that's why we have death, right? So that we can not take it for granted and simply... um, uh, feel we'll live forever. We may not. Yeah. None of us know and it, at any age. And so it's, it's it just as horrifying and I appreciate and scary as that is, might we also see that it's an opportunity to begin and I'll say, wow, I can sit. Wow, I can walk. You know, when you go through a debilitating um, health crisis, you begin to appreciate your ability to move, lift mm. something up that now hurts when you lift something up. Everything is connected to everything. You know, so walking again, I mean, until I got to run again, just all of it, right? From running to, from walking, excuse me, to running, you get to appreciate this body, this mm. life that again, I say many of us can take, I, that I'm, I have eyes to see, you know, I'm swallowing. I'm breathing. Yeah. <laughs> My heart. You know, I love that you mentioned that because, you know, so often people, you know, that we often say they don't know what you've got until it's gone. Yes. And, and, and it's particularly important when it comes to health is, is losing our quality of life from a health perspective does tend to put life in perspective. And, and also the need for looking at not just your life, span but your health span yeah because we we only have a like a like you mentioned we only have a finite time on this planet 
And isn't it better, if it's possible, to live a healthy quality life so that we are thriving rather than surviving? Yes. And I'd say use any wake-up call. It could be you stumble and fall. Mm -hmm. It could be you lose a job. It could be you have a divorce. It could, I mean, or, or a friend says goodbye. You know, I mean, let's use everything as, oh, let me pay attention here. And again, not take it for granted. And I'm not saying the divorce or losing the job may ultimately be what exactly you needed. You needed to change course in that aspect of your life. But again, consciously with your brain, right, and your heart, ah, what might this message be for me? in its optimal, right? What, what might this bigger message be for me? And let's pay attention to, again, uh, change various aspects of our life so it's in alignment, in alignment with, and that magnificent life. Thank you for sharing your story because, you know, I think it's so important that people who are struggling with a mental health, a health crisis, not, not necessarily mental health one, but a health crisis, hear that there is life after a diagnosis and, and the life could be a better life. Absolutely. Than the one that you had beforehand. And I know we had Mark Edmondson on the show who also had, he was giving a diagnosis of a stage four terminal cancer um, and given a year to live. And he's now still fighting, you know, five, five years on and, and currently uh, cancer free. And actually for him, it was very much a wake up call to change his trajectory and rebalance Yes, what was important to him, you know, from a, from a, like you say, having all of the things that society expect you to have rather than reflecting on the things that you want to have inter internally. What was the, I know we're talking about the experimentation and you obviously were lying down <laughs> under your tree in your garden. And I love that you were doing that and connecting with the earth to really have that grounding to allow you to reflect and, and notice that something needed to shift. What, what was the discovery journey that you went on to get curious with, with what was wrong how did how did that well um i mean after i again once i had this diagnosis and i yeah. chemo and radiation is what i went yeah. through um it it can't help but change your inspection of everything yeah again i, I shouldn't say it so definitively some of us will not have that experience. But again, that's what we're saying, right? We're saying use these crises as wake up. Use any of it as a wake up for you to begin to investigate what else needs to change in my life. Maybe the level of stress, right? That is in your life is not working for you. The amount of busyness. I know we have some, for some reason, you know, oh, if you were busy today, that was a great day. Well, maybe not. You know, maybe slowing that down, right? And and choosing which priorities, you know, are the most important. And it might be taking a moment to call that important person in your life. And nothing more than, I'm thinking of you, how are you? That's it. We, we don't need to solve or have answers, right? I think sometimes we look at the, I have to climb Mount Everest, <laughs> to to be successful it's it's more often and and I know we've probably heard this but it you know just think about it it could just simply be that that smaller that smile or I mean I'll just say I live in Manhattan and I was walking down the street coming back from the hospital actually and uh it it was um, someone who was clearly on drugs, really spaced out, and he was attempting from a kiosk on the corner to purchase um, coffee in a bottle. Um, Starbucks mm -hmm. gives you that, you know, cold coffee in a bottle. Mm -hmm. And he was looking for money in his pockets, and there was no way this man had money in his pockets to 
buy anything. And I reached into my pocket, having seen this man struggle, and purchased it. Mm -hmm. And I did, I'll just, in, in, in addition to just, you know, saying here, you know, go enjoy, enjoy your, your coffee. Um, the, the kiosk owner said, when I gave him $5, the kiosk mm -hmm. owner said, no, it's 10. And the person who was drugged out was triggered and started screaming. And that's crazy. Right. To which here, I looked at him and I said, don't worry. You just enjoy this. It's fine. And I looked at the kiosk person who I said, it's fine, right? We can all help this man. Mm. He said, yeah, it's okay. Mm. So again, who are we? Mm. Who are we? And that's an act of kindness. Mm. I didn't save this man's life. And I didn't bankrupt me by giving him $5, mm -hmm. right? And the kiosk man can contribute something as well. We can all, right? We can all do mm -hmm. our And I think, yeah, that's, I, I'll say that let's look at those acts of kindness, right? That aren't, you know, I didn't give this man a million dollars, right? You know, I think it's so important. And I think in order for us to, often in order for us to provide an act of kindness, we have to get out of our selves <laughs> get out of our own way because it can so we can so easily be consumed by our own internal battles that we're fighting that we don't have that time to pause and reflect and go I could do something here to help this other person because our mind is racing going back to the thoughts um, is we can be racing around not paying any attention because we're so internalized mm -hmm. that we we don't take the time to see mm -hmm. what's and going on yeah. and how we can intervene and make significant positive changes by the smallest of steps. And I, yeah, and I would say this is what I do, but um, I, I would offer to anyone this possibility. It's been, again, shown that if every day, just as we take a many of us take a shower, to feel better, we're cleaning off something. There's something about, right, that shower, that we need a mental shower. And for me, it happens to be meditation, but it could be listening to music. It could be a walk in nature. I have someone who told me after they went through a crisis, it was going to the ocean and taking a swim. I went, I love swimming myself. I, I, I went swimming this morning. It's, it is my own personal meditation. How, I love that that synchronicity. So, but we 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 keep thinking it's a. I have to go to the gym. I mean, no, and I hate the gym. You know, someone saying I don't like the gym. No problem. So it might be the swim. It might be the music. It might be the walk in the forest. It, don't limit yourself to. And as this person who was swimming said, find your water which means for, for her, it was swimming, as I hear it is for you. For me, it's meditation, okay? I've done marathons. Running has also been a source of, of that peace, right? But the reason I think I'm able to see what I see and more expanded and not be clogged into my brain is that also every day I clear, I clear right, to get more deeply into my heart, right, into the essence of who I am, so that as I walk down the street, I have a more expansive purview of myself and others. So I just want to add, I wanted to add you know, that people find their water. Yeah, and I think that's so important that people do, because often people think, well, escape is getting involved in being busy. So people try and escape stuff that's going on inside of them by doing more external activities to in a kind of almost an avoidance. And you often see this with senior executives that mm -hmm. they have got so used to being totally busy mm -hmm. that they can't connect with their family in the way that they would like to and so the solution is not to get curious 
with themselves and the feelings and the concerns that they have and pause and reflect, but they just do more. <laughs> so they become yeah. more disconnected. Yes. And so I think it's really important that people take the time, as we mentioned earlier, is to find that pause to, and to find that clearing mm -hmm. in your mind. Mm -hmm. And I, I like, you know, swimming is really good, mm -hmm. but also a better one for me is going into the mountains mm -hmm. because I get away from the clutter of the humdrum of life and I can truly disconnect from the noise <laughs> the mental noise or, or connect with the mental noise because I've not got any of the other noise going on around me so I can be at one with myself mm -hmm. so it's it's, ha it's having that space for me to be at one with you internally and to listen and, and to giving yourself that permission to listen to yourself and to listen to those thoughts and not be a, a slave to them or a victim to them, but learn how to manage and control them. Mm -hmm. And I would say if we're, if someone's listening to you and going, Oh, what, what do I, why would I want to listen to my thoughts? You know, I'll just suggest that they consider any relationship that they have and what does it mean when you sit across from that person and listen, right? You get to know what they're feeling, what they're experiencing in this moment, right? So listening to self is no different. In this moment, I now have the benefit of hearing how I am, right? What I'm feeling, what I'm experiencing, what I'm struggling with, and also the opportunity to not focus totally on my thoughts. And I, here's my, you know, as we discussed earlier, just breathe. And as Deepak Chopra, maybe some of your people know who that yeah. is, but he is a wise man, but he and many others have said, you know, we're not our thoughts, we're that space between our inhale and the exhale, and just go into no thoughts. And again, experiment. How does that feel? And I appreciate it'll be hard to do it for more than a nanosecond. But what, what, just again, experiment. What happens when you're just with your breath, mm. right? And just in a space. Mm. What might that be? Instead of, as you're saying, the just, keeping more busy and, and avoiding and, and I don't want to really hear how you're feeling. Right. So again, think of yourself as you would your best friend. I, I would like, and often we can be our worst enemy. Yeah. So because my, we don't take that time to connect with ourselves. Right. So if loving yourself didn't sound right, be your best friend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I'd love to transition into the fun facts because we've talked very much about connecting with our feelings. We've talked about whether our actions are serving us or, or, or hurting us and, and that, that deep connection that we need to have with ourselves and how that really influences others, the thoughts that we're having and are they, are they serving us too and do we need to be listening to them or taking action upon them? <laughs> uh, and also how our surroundings affect um, how we show up, whether that's the surroundings externally or, or the surroundings within internally um, too. So we're looking at the five pillars of brain health, remember, by the mnemonic facts. So I'm just going to dive into the first one, F, which is feelings, which is the one that really defines us and is the sort of foundation of it all. What feeling or emotion for you is most important to you in life and why Why is that? I've gone through most of my life desiring peace. Oh. Yeah? But as I've become more and more connected to who I am, I've said, huh, I'm at peace. I'd like joy. <laughs> and I find that when I show up with joy, right, we exude whatever we show up in, but that's a vibration that many of us enjoy. Enjoy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I love that. My, my daughter often asks me, Mommy, are you happy? <laughs> which, which is always trying to check in with how I'm feeling. And I think 
us generating joy because we have to generate it inside ourselves it is so important and when we generate it we bring it to the room like you talked about earlier is when someone comes in the room full of joy and lifts the energy in the room it helps other people if they're aligned in terms of those energy vibrations to to lift their their energy as well is has there ever been a time where you haven't felt joy oh sure i i think we feel and i want to feel all of them yeah. you know i want to feel adventure and excitement i want to feel despair and hopelessness i mean i think we're here ruth to experience all the emotions i mean this yeah. is a rich rich world right so that when we encounter others in those situations we we understand right yeah. frequently if we say oh i can only, i only want to be happy right it, it's not realistic i mean we we experience i think as humans disappointment you know or or discouragement yeah right or fill in the blank and so i i really would say the more we're open to all of them and not fear even fear <laughs> yeah, do you know, I love that. It's so important. I love that you say that it's important that we experience all the emotions. Because just because it we fear something doesn't mean it's a negative emotion. Anger isn't doesn't have to be negative. It's what we choose to do with the feeling. Exactly. That influences whether it's a negative or po positive outcome. Exactly. I love that. Um, so I'm going to dive into um, connection because we've talked about that a lot. So connecting to yourself, that's the third pillar. What's the most important value that guides you in life? Love. Ah. I know it's a four-letter word but I and used often. But again, I'm going to say we need to discover our own definition yeah. of love. And I think it's... In a multifaceted meaning, I love myself in every aspect of life. How, how would you define love for yourself personally, if you don't mind sharing that? Sure. It's it's feeling that I'm 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 optimal. I really. Hearing something, I really feel it's important for me to just do the best that I can without mm -hmm. judgment. And so, for me, loving me is giving myself that wiggle room or or space to make the best choice, take the next best action, have have the best word. As I'm right now with you, I'm answering mm -hmm. the best that I can. And knowing there's nothing more that I need to do. You know, there's nothing more that I need to do. And that also includes compassion for me, right? And and so loving me unconditionally, I'll use the word again, unconditionally. So no matter what I'm doing, I don't judge, but I, I accept and know that I'm doing the best. Mm -hmm. So loving me includes all of that. There's no mistakes there's no reason for me to, I mean, I go into those thoughts, oh, I just messed up or, you know, I did it wrong. But again, in that nanosecond, I can say, stop, I did the best I could. What can I learn from this and what can I do better next time? So my life, Ruth, is, is this ongoing experiment. I'm really living everything that I'm saying here. I, I really want to dive into that because I think you've mentioned some really important words there. And that is, you know, doing the best you can uh, and being, uh, you know, when we talk about mistakes, is not viewing it as a negative, but viewing it as a learning opportunity. And so easy, you know, in terms of educational experiences or family experiences or relationships we have from the past is, is we berate ourselves or we, we put ourselves down because we've made a mistake and actually, when we reframe it to we've learned or what can I learn from this experience, 
then it becomes a, not, another lovely experiment. <laughs> and I would say when if we only if we never take risks and we never do anything new and we keep it all right, we're in a very narrow place. However, I think many of us know that life is always changing. And so even go back to the business owner, right, or the CEO or a relationship, I I need to if I'm going to create a new business or create new success or even have my relationship take on a new dimension, right? The honeymoon period is over and we're now in this other period. We need to create and innovate. If I see those attempts as mistakes, I will no longer create and innovate. And that actually stops your success and happiness. So if we can reframe it to... Oh, and again, I'll go back to Albert Einstein. I'm using him a lot today. You know, let, let's just try this. And it, just imagine everyone, if in your company, everyone agreed, okay, we've been doing ABC, ABC, and you go, okay, we're going to, for the next hour, try XYZ. <laughs> you know, let's give it a try. It may not work. Do we have to view it as a mistake? So I appreciate, you know, we measure, of course, what we do, right? We're not going to jump off a building and expect to fly, <laughs> right? But we can, you know, not limit ourselves again to only what we know, but we can, in this world that so demands creativity and innovation in our private lives and in our business lives, right? If we label everything that went wrong or a mistake, we prevent ourselves from the change we actually need yeah yeah I, I think that's so important you know and I I think a lot of people need to hear that it's okay to make a mistake mm. it what what's important is, is to try and understand the lesson mm -hmm. that you can learn from it and, and take the lesson forward and don't carry the rock with you <laughs> that relates to the mistake because right. lessons are free and and weightless <laughs> mistakes can weigh us down in the context of how we perceive them to be so it's really important we look at the opportunity that comes out of that ra right. rather than rather than dwelling on the past mistake or again i'd say not even seeing it might we even jump to it not being a mistake right it's you know i i tried something new and here's what part worked here's what part didn't or, you know, I tried a new dish. I mean, I'm going to go to food now. And I didn't like it. Okay, now I know I don't like peanut butter, whatever. You know, it doesn't matter, right? I just, you know, just picking something up. You know, not everyone will like peanut butter. Okay. Doesn't you know, matter. Doesn't matter. But I tried it. And, yeah. you know, or yeah. maybe there's some part of nuts that I can introduce into my, you know, menu in a different way. But I'm just saying. So if we get out of the black and white, it worked, it didn't, it's a success, it's a failure, yeah. right? We can nuance our way to a much richer life. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, some of the best innovators are people who are very much still kids mm -hmm. because they don't, mistake doesn't, it's not part of the vocabulary. Exactly, exactly. Because you know, when we when we're born and uh, and we learn to walk, we we don't berate ourselves as a, as a child for for falling over. Oh, we exactly. <laughs> we we did it a million times. Yeah, and nobody has a go at you for falling over. Exactly. They encourage you. Exactly. To Get keep trying. <laughs> but at some point in our lives, often it gets to the corporate world suddenly. Oh my God! You can't make a mistake, <laughs> um, and we forget that childlike mentality uh, mm. to innovate and grow because there's no boundaries when you're a child. Nobody sets any boundaries of the possible, what's possible and what isn't possible. We only set it in our own minds based on our choice <laughs> of boundaries from past experiences, but we don't have to. No. Limit ourselves. We, don't again, have we, can, we can model that. So when someone else's effort didn't work out, instead of again making them wrong, right, we can begin to practice and say, ah, you know, 
that that didn't work in this situation. Maybe it could work in another, you know, or that part of what you did was really innovative. It doesn't, again, mean, you know, so at least acknowledging someone, good for you that you gave that a try. I mean, there's yeah. so many ways to model that acceptance of innovation and creativity. Mm. Right? Hey, right? Yeah, so important. And I'd love to dive into your four Ps a little bit now because we've not touched on that too much. In how, how can we help people make that shift from where we've been very much focused, perhaps let's take COVID as the shift that's yeah. happened for many people, where we've been focused on profit as our primary driver in life to now needing to find something that feels more purposeful, where we feel passionate about something, where, where, we, where we're more connected with the people. How, how can people, and also the planet, which is so important because we're all connected to everything. We're dependent on the planet, <laughs> whether we like it or not. <laughs> right. Uh, we came from Earth and we'll go back to Earth. <laughs> uh, we're just a transient uh, being in the evolution of life. So how, how can we help people shift their mindset from what may have been very linear uh -huh. in the context of what makes me happy, for example, to think, something that's much more multidimensional? I think COVID has helped us tremendously. No doubt has brought death and pain. I'm not negating that at all. And many are still suffering with it. Mm. However, what COVID did was bring, we had to take a step back. We had to stop. We had to not be busy, many of us. Yes? Uh, not all of us, for sure, but there was a majority of us that, that had to all over the world. And it gave us time to reflect and in the business world, since we're talking about that, ah, what is the importance of people? And if we recall what occurred right after COVID, there was the great resignation, it was called. People were no longer going back to their jobs and businesses were desperate for talent. Yeah. So the universe is helping us uh, recognize the importance of people. So... Again, not how perfect that setup was where businesses said, wow, I realize as important as um, my building is, my equipment is, my data is, you know, my um, money is. If I don't have good people in my business, I can't succeed. You know, my people are really important. So that P, you know, became very prominent and still is. The, the unemployment rate is still quite low. And um, as we enter, and many believe a recession, uh, that will change, you know, the, the amount of um, jobs that will be available. But at least e even till now, it's, it's still, um, people still are hiring and, and um, needing people that, that will change. But the importance of people as an asset, not your building, not your equipment, which used to be you know, on your balance sheet as your assets. So more and more of us are seeing that. Um, and we don't know how to still crack the, um, the code of human potential. And that's actually what I do. I help businesses see how to act, help people discover their potential and, and what they can do. And, and that's my way of also saying, even when we realize, wow, it's not just money, but people are important too, and I'll go to the other Ps, you know, we need to learn how to do that. Mm -hmm. right? And it starts with, of course, you know, well, no one will be surprised when I say, discovering, how did I discover my own potential? And once I have gone further in that regard, I certainly have the abilities to better help you discover yours. And listening, what we were, so much of what we've been talking about, Ruth, has, has uh, been the tools to do that. In terms of purpose, it, it follows very much, right? 
um, the belief that we all have a unique gift. And again, maybe many of us have heard that and we're saying, well, I have no idea what mine is. And again, I'd say, wonderful. Can you just be uncomfortable enough to not know, but stay in that not knowing and just receive? Again, maybe those subtle taps on the shoulder or the two by fours over your head that might help you see, right? what your purpose, what contribution, right? What unique skill you can provide. And finally, you know, the P is for planet. And I think many of us have seen the hurricanes, like most recently in Florida, Puerto Rico. Um, There've been droughts, there've been fires. I mean, we've had flooding, um, all the vast varieties that our planet has now been showing us. Um, And as we already said, how can we ignore this out of balance that we've been in um, and begin once again to not take our planet for granted, Mm -hmm. right? And not keep drilling it and, and, and might we and I guess I notice I said that, you know, might we find a way to harness what is natural, our solar, right, our wind, you know, the water. I mean, we can find and we are finding ways, which we haven't because we, for whatever reason, focused on fossil fuels. But now many of us are discovering, oh, you know, there are these resources that are plentiful, and will not harm, um, not create carbon, will not do our atmosphere harm. And so we can continue flourishing and thriving mm. uh, without, without destroying our, our planet. Right? Yeah. The, the air that we breathe, the water that we drink. We need clean water. We need clean air. And these alternatives will enable us to do that. And regenerative farming. There's ways to let nature put back into the soil what we need without this constant pesticide, leave it fallow. I mean, that more industrialized approach is more recent because we were, hurry up, let's keep planting. But when we come back to nature, you mentioned it, you love going through the forest. Um, we're learning that there's more to it uh, that just will enable us to live a high quality of life without the ramifications and detriments. Do you know, I think that's so important and establishing an ecological balance between ourselves and the planet is, is absolutely vital, but we're talking about balance and it, 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 at every level, you know, at, at, at a people level a a balance at an organizational level a balance at a a ecological level from in terms of not being um we talked about assets is seeing the planet as an asset uh that we are intrinsically connected to rather rather than what we've been doing is using and abusing it it, and and seeing as it all of these things that you've mentioned, it's a relationship, uh, and being kind, firstly to ourselves, but at uh, and a, a, a macro level is being kind to to the planet in order to be kind to ourselves. Is so and, important too. and I'll introduce the term when we're talking about connection and balance with everything. Might we also begin? to be connected to each other as a human family. Yeah. I appreciate family might be described as my blood relatives or my extended family through marriages, um, you know, or births, right? But I work a lot with the United Nations and might we, and I've said it to many, you know, might we experiment and show up without any countries? Mm. And, and might we look at each other, right? 
for just 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 a few hours, right? See and see our interconnectedness and, and what, what new decisions, what different decisions might we make short-term and long if we saw each other as a human family. Right? Do you know, I think, I think that is so important. I, I remember uh, listening to a podcast by Dr. Chatterjee with Tim Peake and he, he went into space and, and worked on the space station and, and there's no boundaries when you look in space, you just see countries. There's no walls that you apart, apart from the Chinese wall, but there's no walls that you can see. We've put them all up ourselves. Mm -hmm. And when you look at the Earth, he Tim Peake was talking about we're all Earthlings. Yeah, you yeah. know, because we live on a planet Earth. And again, I'll say, is killing each other and man's inhumanity to man working for you? How's it doing for you? Right. Yeah. When we see, right, when we see that and might again in today take one small action towards living as a earthling, you know, within a human family. Just do one thing that comes from that vision and mm -hmm. see how that feels and how that might change your day. Mm -hmm. We don't need to, again, do the big things. Right. We can just start with that one thought even if it isn't an action that one word and maybe that one action michelle this show is all about brain health and unchaining your pain uh, i'd love to know what one piece of advice would you give to anyone who's struggling to fall in love with themselves mm. struggling to fall in love with themselves oh goodness right um we do we do. I mean, let's again say many of us grew up to love someone else, you know, love our parents, love our siblings, love our own limited family. So the self-love was not, at least in my family, and I think many taught at an early age. I, I, Ruth, I really feel we've said, given so many tips to how to do that. So slow down, take a breath, find your water, um, realize that every loving decision will give you more of a feeling of love. And once you begin to feel what a loving decision feels like, you will want more. <laughs> you will want more of that. Um, because again, I believe that's an intrinsic human uh, desire and, and uh, enables us to thrive. So experiment, experiment on what it looks like to love you. And in, in, in the again, start small. Just as we were talking, you said, right, we were going from crawling to walking. We just kept at it. And lo and behold, right, we went from crawling to the majesty of what it was like to, right, be upright and, yeah. and well, yeah. to, to walk the earth. So yeah. give it a try. Michelle, I've absolutely loved this discussion. I think I could talk to you for hours. <laughs> I've really enjoyed it. Thank you so much for, for sharing your wisdom. How can people get hold of you to learn more about what you do? So LinkedIn is there. And, and yes, please, um, Michelle Risa. It's with one L and my last name is R-I-S-A, as people can see. So please connect to me on LinkedIn. Be happy to do that, uh, which is, is very easy and, and lovely. Um, you can uh, email me. I can give that email address as well. It's just the initial M, last name, R-I-S-A-11 at Gmail. Again, just the initial M, R-I-S-A-11 at gmail.com. Love to connect with you that way. Or visit my website, and I know you have all of that yeah. in the show notes. So Love to talk to you and help you. Um, we're all connected. I practice what I preach. So, <laughs> yes, each and every one of you makes a huge difference. Happy to see how I might be able to help you take that next step. Oh, Michelle, it's been absolutely fabulous. I've really just so loved the conversation, taking, uh, looking at the four Ps, passion, purpose, people and planet, and, and really diving deep into how we can learn to love ourselves that little bit more and getting experimental uh, with life and not seeing 
mistake as something that we should yeah, creativity and innovation yay <laughs> <laughs> but using it as an opportunity to grow and thrive <laughs> <laughs> oh i love that i think that was mick was that mickey that you just yeah, mickey. i'm sorry maybe i need to go Whoop. here we go that's little mickey <laughs> Mickey Mouse on uh, in the screen. So do make sure you connect with Michelle. This show is all about brain health, unchaining your pain. You're not stuck with the brain you have. You have the power to make it better and to optimize it to show up as your best self. And Michelle has been on the show to tell you how. Thank you. Thank you so much. This has been delightful. Thank you. <laughs>